1: Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's 5th Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit of football. Last episode, we talked a ton of basketball. If you guys didn't hear that episode, go ahead and check that one out. Um, it was a lot of fun to do that if you haven't listened to it already. Uh, but today, we're going to mix it up and talk some football. There was a couple of interesting ESPN articles that have gotten put out over the last week with essentially the conclusion of spring ball coming so abruptly they started to get into some fall previews, some rankings, things of that nature. Uh, And then after that, we're going to talk about the four game lines that have been released for Wisconsin football. There's been four uh, odds set by Vegas already for four of the Badgers contests. So if you want to go ahead and hop on any of those, uh, we're going to kind of talk through those and maybe give you some insight into that. Uh, And then after that, we might do a couple other things. And then in the back of the show, we're going to have Bobby and Jack Dunn. I'm sure you guys are all familiar with Jack's name, a wide receiver from Wisconsin Senior this year. Uh, But his brother is a graduate assistant with the Badgers, and they are uh, doing some fun stuff to help combat the uh, coronavirus and and giving back to the community. It's a really cool story. Uh, So we wanted to get them on to talk through how – uh, our listeners can help what they're doing to help their community uh, in in this time of need, and so it'll be a, a cool little interview in the back half of the show. Uh, so thank you guys for listening. Make sure to stay tuned, but Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing phenomenal.
2: Uh, it's good, it's beautiful
1: outside today, which
2: is nice. Spring is here, regardless of the fact that we're stuck at our uh, uh, houses for the time being, but um, doing great. I'm excited to to speak with um bobby and jack about kind of the initiative and campaign that they're put together i think it's uh really cool and i think it's n- a nice gesture by them and and uh some of the other team some of their teammates and um from the badgers as well so i'm excited to kind of hear their thoughts on everything as well as talk a little football with them as well
1: yeah, it's going to be great. I mean, they—we uh, don't want to give away too much in this inner initial part, but they've—they've they've done a phenomenal job of, of giving back to their community in a time that, that everybody needs it. So it's going to be really fun uh, to listen to those guys and, and doing so much for for everything that they've, uh, you know. They talked about their fans giving so much to them, and uh, they're kind of giving back to the Dane county uh, people of Dane county and, and the surrounding areas to help us get through this tough time but you're right, it is nice that the weather's finally turning. Uh, we can at least go outside, make sure we keep each, keep you know the six feet apart, but at least we can enjoy some nice weather um, as we as we work through all that. But the first thing I wanted to talk about, uh, and essentially the spring football calendar kind of being erased, uh, and it all of a sudden it it starts, you know, we've got time to start doing some fall previews, and, and of course, that's on the the hopeful side that we're going to be playing football on fall, and hopefully this doesn't trickle into that. So, of course, this is all taken with a grain of salt until we know for sure. Um, But I I found an interesting article from ESPN Plus today, which ranked uh, the Wisconsin Badgers in one of the top 25 returning defenses uh, for the NCAA season. Uh, I was I was kind of surprised to see them. I, I know you and I think the defense is going to be strong, but they were actually came in at 12, which I thought was was pretty impressive given that you know Zach Bond, and Chris Orr were departures. But what do you make of of some credible ESPN guys uh, ranking the Badgers so high among the nation's you know, elite defenses, like the Michigan, Auburns, and and Florida's of the world? I think
2: it's a testament of what they have built over these past. Um, consecutive seasons you know two years ago it was kind of an anomaly where the defense kind of fell off because of the sheer number of injuries that the team went through as well as uh, the simple fact that they just didn't have the depth that they have now Uh, I think Wisconsin set up really nicely for next year um, defensively and it's it's really important if you are a pro style offense like Wisconsin. To have a good defense, you lean on them a little bit more than than if you're a run and shoot team or if you're more of a spread offense. So, I think the defense uh, actually might be getting a little undersold in my eyes. I think 12th is obviously a, a high number; it's a high mark for them. But I, I think at this juncture, they should probably be a top 10 unit um, simply because they are returning the vast majority of their players. They're they're really only losing in terms of players that played um, major minutes, they're really only losing two players. And now obviously those two players are were the two most important players on the entire defense in Chris Orr and Zach Bond, but really you look at the returning production and it's through the roof. I know um, Bill Connolly really had had Wisconsin's defense at an even higher mark. I think it was like top five um, when you use SP plus for it. I think the Badgers are really set up nicely because of the, the cohesion that they have up front with the defensive line, with returning everybody. I mean, Matt Heddingston is a guy who would be starting for the vast majority of teams in the conference, and he is a, kind of an odd man out, plays, plays a good amount of time, but he's a rotational defensive, defensive end behind Laudermilk and Rand. Uh, we've talked at nauseum kind of about uh, how deep they are at nose tackle as well with the rise of Keanu Benton. Um, and obviously um, Bryson Williams will be healthy. And, and then just how much um, experience and depth they have in the secondary. I think Wisconsin set up really nicely if they can figure out um, how to plug and play at those two linebacker positions. But if we know one thing, Wisconsin has just been pumping out linebackers into the NFL, and I wouldn't be surprised if Noah Burks, for example, is the next guy who's going to be, um shooting up draft boards, not necessarily up to the point where Zach Bond got up to, but if he went from somebody that uh a year ago nobody would have figured was gonna be um looking towards an NFL draft future to being, you know, a third, fourth, fifth overall or a fifth round pick uh uh in the future just because of what he could potentially do if he really um has a good season. So I think they're in a really good spot and I actually think that twelfth is a little low for what I would have put them at just uh when you consider how much they're returning,
1: yeah, I agree with you. I I was looking at Bill Conley's rankings. I think he had the Badgers 17th in terms of returning production on the defensive side. But again, I think the big knock for the Wisconsin defense for these national writers is going to be when you look at when you look at the the departures of Chris Orr and Zach Vaughn. You think, oh man, you know, Wisconsin essentially lost their their three top players on offense in in Biotish, uh Cephas and Taylor, and then on defense they lost their you know, probably the two best players in Orr and Bond. But for local guys, you and I who who know the roster of this team that you you kinda know that despite Chris Orr and Zach Bond being dominating players, those those positions should feel nicely. I never really worry too much about Wisconsin uh, you know, producing top-quality linebackers, and it's not like they're inexperienced either. These are guys that have played a little bit already that are going to step in. You know, you've got the the Jack Sanborns, the, the Chenals, Noah Burks, all these guys that, that might not be super well-known nationally um, are very well-known amongst, you know, anyone who follows Wisconsin athletics closely. You know those names. So it's just a matter of, of really getting them on the field and, and looking at it. But in terms of returning production, w- Wisconsin is in a really good spot. You know, I look at the rankings of some of these other teams that are in there. Uh, there's there's teams that, that don't really return a lot, that they're kind of, it seems like, banking on, on some some incoming freshmen and guys that have played a lot for Wisconsin. You're not really going to have that. You're going to have, at all three levels, guys that have played a lot of football. So for me, I'm, I'm really excited to see where this defense is going to be because I think as we get into, you know, spring practice, quote-unquote, whenever practice starts, and and I'm sure it will be a little bit weirder this year, I think as that gets going and as the season gets going, they're going to have to rely on this defense a little bit more because you don't return as much on offense, uh, much much less than you return on defense. So it's going to be more like a couple years ago where I I think the defense is going to have to get timely stops for the offense to get it figured out, which is something with Jonathan Taylor you didn't always have to worry about versus... Uh, you know, the years before that where they really had to rely on the defense to keep them in games sometimes.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I've I've talked about this, that the defensive lines emergence and improvement will only help those linebackers. I think whether it's Mike Mastalunas or it's Leo Chanel, um, they'll be in a good spot at that inside spot. I really don't have any uh, trepidation there. I think the other outside linebacker spot is where um, people need to watch and just to kind of see what how that transpires. I've, Isaiah Greenmay is probably the guy, but um, you know I've always kind of ran by the adage that just because you know the guy doesn't mean that he's going to be good. You know just because you know the name, but I, I think you look at what these guys brought to the table last year. Mike Masculinus uh, had a good had a good year. He's been somebody that has has been working towards this for a long time and has been stuck behind some really talented linebackers for a while now. I, I know it was Zach, Ch- Jack Stitchy had talked specifically about um, Masculinus a few years back as a guy to watch and then a guy who was on a similar path as him where it was he, he just needs a shot. He just needs to kind of get out of the weeds from all these other talented linebackers who are older than him. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was um, making it having a good year next year, or obviously Leo Chanel. We we both think that he's extremely talented. So I think the Badgers are really set up nicely for on defense next year. It's just going to be a matter of making sure that everybody stays healthy and that you don't have any crazy injuries because you don't want injuries at um, some of your key positions. Like if Jack Stanborn went down, that might be something to where you're you're looking and you're a little bit more puzzled because he's going to be a guy who's really um, I think gonna break out next year as as the leader of that linebacking core.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. You know, uh, an injury to a guy like Sanborn or any of those guys. I know the defensive line and you know coming into spring practice was banged up with with Benton and, and Bryson Williams and, and Rand and Loudermilk, You know, knock on wood, were pretty healthy last season, but they've battled injuries in the past. So that would be the other one where if you look at that, all of a sudden, if you know, it's gonna be injuries happen in college football. I would guess. You know, hopefully it doesn't happen, but I think this next year with the way we might have to rush into college football, you're probably going to see a rise in injuries uh, across the country. So, how these guys kind of get themselves ready and, and how this defense holds up into whatever, whenever the season starts and whatever they get on the field in terms of strength and conditioning is going to be important. But overall, I think 12th is a good rankings, and and really the other thing I took from from this article is that there's a lot of a lot of teams that are. In this article are on uh, the Badgers' schedule. I think there was four of them. With when you got Michigan, uh, Iowa, Appalachian State, and Notre Dame all on this list. So the the Badgers are going to have some some tough defenses to go against uh, next season. But they're going to have a tough defense of their own to uh, you know rely on as it get into these defensive battles. So I think if you love defensive football, you're going to see a lot of good of it, good teams and, and good squads next year. Yeah, I mean, kind of piggybacking
2: on that, you had talked about uh, the opening lines for some of those games, and a lot of the teams that have those tough defenses that we were talking about um, were in those opening
1: lines. Do we want to kind of uh, talk about those quick? Yeah, let's hop into those. So uh, if you guys aren't familiar, if you don't follow betting or things like that, uh, each year Vegas puts out uh, usually 20 to 30 different games uh, that they have circled as a game of the year. Uh, candidate. So, so essentially, if you wanted to bet the, uh, BYU Utah game, uh, that is Thursday night, September 3rd, if you wanted to bet that right now before you know what BYU and Utah are going to look like, uh, you can do that. And, uh, the Badgers had four of them, which, which kind of, you know, brings eyes to the, the fact that Wisconsin's schedule is pretty solid this year, both in conference and in the non-conference. But, uh, the first one on there was that, uh, road trip to Michigan where the Badgers were actually catching, and this all depends on where you're looking at because there are a few different lines in terms of, but the Badgers were catching three and a half at Michigan. Uh, They were actually a slight favorite in this one uh, against Notre Dame. And then they were a nine and a half point favorite against Minnesota and a two and a half point favorite at Iowa. So any of those kind of stand out to you in terms of, of where this team is at and where, uh, their opponent might be at as we talk about it here on April first. Yeah, I mean, I think I think first of all, the, when I look at it,
2: I, I think you look at that Michigan and Notre Dame game that come back to back. It's yeah, you, that's that uh that schedule where it goes Appalachian State at Michigan, home against Notre Dame, and then home against Minnesota. That's that's the the biggest stretch of the entire season is right there. That those four games really are kind of make or break. If Wisconsin could do some damage in there and if you can come out four and0 in that, you, you're you're on track to to be a team that could really um, make the college football playoff. Um, if you go three and one, you' you're holding nicely to to still have a great season and still potentially um, mess things up later on and, and get your way into the playoff as well just because you would have gotten a, a, a marquee win there, whether it's Michigan at Michigan or versus Notre Dame. Um, including a win, wins over Appalachian State, Minnesota. So I think that Michigan game is going to be extremely tough. Um, Ann Arbor is is not, is not no joke to go in and play, um, you know, especially I think that's a, a pretty reasonable line. These teams have played really close um, for the most part. Last year, Wisconsin kind of took a drumming to them to pay back from Michigan doing the same to the Badgers the year prior. Um, so we'll see. I, I think – Wisconsin's going to have to play sound football in that game and make sure that they're um, not a little too jazzed for that Notre Dame game coming up at Lambeau. But I think that that's a game that, that jumps out to me the most because I like the Badgers to beat Notre Dame at Lambeau. I think just the way that that's going to be, we saw just how much juice it brings for Wisconsin fans when LSU came. I I, I like Wisconsin to beat Notre Dame there, but that Michigan game is the one that I – I think it might even be a little higher. If if I was gonna bet, I would probably think Michigan
1: should have uh, a, t- a point or two more there. Yeah, yeah, it, it was an interesting line. Obviously, a, a three and a half is always ideal if you're if you're taking it with Wisconsin. But I would think in in both of the Michigan and and Notre Dame games with with the following that the Wolverines and Irish have that if you're looking at betting Wisconsin, I, I wouldn't jump on it now. I'd wait because you're probably going to get a better number with them just by sheer mass of bets that those two teams get. But in terms of on the field, I, I think the Michigan one would be a little tougher, uh, especially because it's on the road and it's not a neutral site game. You know, Lambeau, you're going to get that extra energy for Wisconsin. Uh, Michigan, in terms of their roster right now, I think they look a little bit better. Even this, you know, I know they lose four offensive linemen and they're going to have a new quarterback, but Dylan McCaffrey is, you know, in, in terms of Michigan fans' eyes, was maybe a better option than Shea Patterson at times. So I'm interested to see that one. I think if there's a, I know all the lore is going to be going into the Lambeau game with Notre Dame, but I think that one might have a chance to be the game of the year. And um, and then you've got, of course, Minnesota, who is kind of two sides right now where they they return a ton on offense, but their defense is going to be you know completely filled with new faces. So I don't really know line wise what to make of anything with with Iowa, uh, Notre Dame. I, if the Badgers are getting points, I would take Wisconsin as well. And then that Michigan game to me right now is a toss up. But the the Minnesota one game is is a little interesting too. I don't I don't think nine and a half is, is something I'd want to bet right now because. Who Knows where Minnesota is going to be as we come into uh, that stretch run of the season, and who knows where Wisconsin is going to be after a, a trap game, quote unquote, against App State and then on the road, uh, especially for two straight against probably top 15 at the time, top 15 teams at the time. That Minnesota game is, is going to be just as uh, big of a struggle as those other three, probably.
2: Yeah, I mean. Minnesota, we saw what they did two years ago when they came into Camp Randall and Wisconsin Laden Antagon Senior Day. So it's anything's possible. I think what's nice about these three the three matchups that we talked about earlier in the season, the Michigan, Notre Dame, and Minnesota game is each one is kind of going through some transition that the Badgers don't have. You know, we talked a little bit uh two episodes ago about the fact that with what COVID nineteen has brought has made it so that if you are a very stable um, program and you have a lot of guys who are who are have been within the program. You don't have a lot of turnover. You don't have a lot of question marks. You're going to be set up better if if football happens in the first place. Um, and if you look at Wisconsin, they're they're in a good spot for the most part. The offense needs needs uh, some guys to step up at some some key situations like running back and wide receiver, but. You look at Michigan, new quarterback, like you said, complete completely revamped offensive line, that that's a big um, question mark considering that's September twenty sixth. You look at the Notre Dame game, they're gonna have a completely different um uh, offensive coordinator. You know, they're gonna have a really good defense, but a completely different offensive coordinator who's never called plays other than their bowl game, uh just just recently in um Tommy Reese. And then Minnesota, like you said, really aren't returning a single person basically on defense. Um, they got the quarterback, they've got the running backs, they've got a um, so Rashard Bateman, Rashard Bateman coming back at wide receiver. But I mean, you look at it, Minnesota just lost their offensive coordinator in Kirk Sharaka and to Penn State, so they're going through their own um, transition as well. So all of these teams are going through transition. Wisconsin's in a fairly stable situation at this point. And it, luckily, Wisconsin's getting them fairly early in the schedule, where there might still be some rust. They're still fine-tuning some stuff, um, so we'll see. But I, I like Wisconsin to go three and one in those games. Um, and, and if if that happens, I think you've got to be happy with it, given um, how tough that stretch is. And then you also throw in the Iowa game at the end of the year, who we know has j- that's. J- a really tough game, no matter where it's played, whether it's at Kinnick or whether it's at Camp Randall.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a an interesting, you know, gauntlet of that late September, early October. But if you can, you know, get out of those games, maybe you have an advantage coming into it with, like, all the changes you mentioned. If you can get out of there, 3-1, uh, and one, you're set up pretty good after a bye. You know, you've got to go to Maryland, who, who knows where that team is, is going to be every year. It seems like they have some uh, momentum, and then it seems to be – by late October, it's kind of falling off. And, and then you come back home to, to Illinois, and then you've got to go to Wrigley Field to take on Northwestern. So the entire season for Wisconsin is going to be a little wacky in terms of the COVID-19 impact and the, the games at the, at the neutral sites and things like that. But really, it's, it's going to be a fun fun season. And if you can get through that, that gauntlet that uh, some people have already started to express concerns about, I saw Alex Kirshner on uh, Twitter say, you know, circle – Wisconsin schedule as a you know, oopsies, maybe this is a, a mistake uh, that she always kind of highlights every season. So I am interested to see how that uh, that gauntlet goes, but it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, Betting-wise, though, as we as we kind of first talked about it, I don't know if I'd be jumping on anything just yet because we don't know where we're going to be uh, come September and October, and none of these lines to me scream uh, getting on anything. So for right now, I think I'm, I'm best to avoid it, but... Anything else you want to touch on uh, football-wise before we get into our interviews uh, with Jack and Bobby? No, let's get right into those interviews. All right, guys, we'll stick with us. We're going to go ahead and kick it over to a couple quick ad reads. And then on the back half, we're going to go ahead and have uh, Jack and Bobby the show, as we already mentioned. They're going to tell us about uh, the GoFundMe and the uh, campaign they're putting together to help Uh, you know, keep Dane County, uh, eating well. I know that there's, they're gonna get into the details of it a little bit more, but it's an awesome program. We're excited to have them on, uh, to promote it and hopefully, uh, our listeners can, can help them out. So, stick with us for a couple quick ads and we'll be right back after those. All right, Badger fans, we now welcome on some special guests in Jack and Bobby Dunn, uh, both part of Wisconsin football. Jack, of course, on the field, and Bobby as a graduate assistant. And they have put together an awesome program with a grace hospice care to help provide meals to those in need during this coronavirus uh, and, and pandemic that we've got going on. Uh, so, Jack and, and Bobby, first of all, I, I think it's awesome what you guys are doing. I think I speak for Matt wholeheartedly when we say that uh, it's very impressive to see this, and and it's an awesome sight uh, to see Wisconsin football and members of it, you know, helping take care of the community uh, when they most desperately need it. So where did you guys kind of get this idea from to kind of get the ball rolling and get this thing started?
3: Uh, Well, I guess this all started about two weeks ago, really when the the safer at home mandate started to to come about, Um, the – A Grace reached out to the Edgewater Hotel directly and said, you know, we're kind of in dire need of help. We have a a bunch of patients in the Madison area that are going to have a a lot of trouble, you know, having access to food, um, you know, access to supplies during the the stay-at-home, you know, mandate. So the Edgewater, uh, their idea was to – they're going to make meals directly and then deliver them to a Grace and to a Grace's patients directly directly. you know, we have kind of a unique relationship with the Edgewater Hotel. Uh, our dad, he developed, he built, and he, he now owns the Edgewater Hotel. So when he was telling us about this, you know, we, we got the idea, well, we have access to, you know, uh, social media through Wisconsin football and we can have a really broad reach in the Madison area and, you know, make an impact with a lot of people and raise a lot of money really quickly, uh, to benefit this, this joint effort. So that's how we, we kind of got the idea. And from there, it just, you know, it kind of snowballed into, you know, how are we going to raise as much money as we can as quickly as we can? Um, so that's where we decided to leverage our positions, you know, with with football, um, just to try to, you know, reach as many people that otherwise might not know about the effort, might not be a part of it, to, to bring them into the fold and, you know, make a really big impact if we can.
2: Uh, very cool. Uh, really appreciate what you guys are doing and using your platform, like you said, to to kind of do this. Um, tell us a little bit more about your campaign. Um, as Madison Natives, what is your goal and, and who, is, who else has been kind of on the front lines helping you guys? Yeah,
0: so the goal of our campaign is really to just help out people in our community um, who are in need of support right now. Obviously, we're born and raised Madison guys, and Madison's a big part of who we are. The community's given us a lot over the years, and this just seems like a time when we have the opportunity to do something to give back to them. So our goal is really just to to provide meals for people who need our help, Um, and it's really just our small way of of giving back, um, you know, to the Madison community. And the people that have been helping us, there have been – Many, many people from people within uh, the football program in compliance with Katie Smith and Brian, who have made sure that everything is ready to go and cleared with the NCAA so we won't hit any problems there. Um, Colin and John Schaefer in the video department were um, instrumental in helping us put together a video that we could put out on social media. And then people at the Edgewater, just in their culinary team and their support staff, um... Amy and Claire at the Edgewater have been super helpful with us just coordinating everything and getting everything put together. And obviously, we've had a lot of support from from our, our teammates who have helped us share stuff on social media, made donations, reached out to people. They've been been huge with just helping us get things off the ground and being supportive. And Coach Chris ha, has also been really supportive, just getting us in contact with whoever we need to be in contact with. and Supporting us in any way he can.
1: That's very impressive, guys. Uh, obviously, the our listeners are, are definitely going to want to get involved in this and, and help contribute, it, you know, to this great cause that you guys are doing. So, how can we, you know, Matt and I and our listeners help contribute to you guys?
0: Yeah. So the easiest ways to contribute are either through a direct donation through our GoFundMe page. If you search Team 2020 campaign on GoFundMe, ours will pop right up. There'll be be a picture of me and Bob. Um, If you've got Twitter or Instagram, uh, you know, go to the Wisconsin football page. They've retweeted stuff that I've posted. Um, That all has links to the GoFundMe page. And even for people who, um, and I know there's a lot of them right now in our current current times who don't have the funds to donate or can't, you know, help out in that way, just sharing stuff on social media and getting the message out so that it gets in front of as many eyes as, as it possibly can. Um, you know, the more people who see it, the more people will be um, hopefully inspired and encouraged to donate, um, and, you know, the, the, the quicker we can raise funds, the bigger impact we can have faster, and the more people we can help out.
2: Very cool. Um, I don't know if the two of you have happened to see that we've um, created uh, NCAA Tournament Champion shirts um, celebrating the basketball team, um, but what we're going to be doing is uh, at B5Q, we're going to be donating proceeds from those shirts, Uh, sweatshirts and coffee mugs that we've been selling and we're going to donate that as well through your GoFundMe. Um, So anything helps um, for our listeners uh, to donate, um, it would be greatly appreciated. So um, we're going to try to do our best to help out um, and hopefully listeners will hear as well.
0: And and we really appreciate that. You know, that's something that, you know, we didn't ask you guys to do, you didn't have to do, but you decided to do it on your own and we couldn't be more appreciative of, of you guys being willing to help out, um, both having us on here to talk about our cause and, and donating directly. That's instrumental, and we couldn't be more appreciative of it.
1: Well, it's a uh, it's a it's a great cause, and we're you know we're happy to help. And I, I think everyone in, in this great state of Wisconsin has has been willing to help each other. I think it's great to see um, all over the state, you know, people coming together to do that. Uh, let's talk a little football with you guys because I know it's a little interesting right now for you guys on the field as well. Um, of course, this is kind of probably filling your time that would be kind of spring practice right now. How odd is it for you guys to not have these you know, normal couple weeks that you guys have been used to, and how great is it to at least be able to fill your time giving back to uh, community and, and doing something that's so vital to people out?
0: Yeah, it's – It's definitely strange times that we're living in right now. I think um, I speak for everyone on the team and not just myself when I say we wish that we were in Madison right now, uh, you know, engaged in spring practice and working towards next season, but kind of in a situation that no one's really ever been in before and we're taking it one day at a time and trying to figure out, you know, not just football-wise, how we can keep improving in our separate locations and... Uh, you know, stay on top of preparing for next season, but using the time that we have off now in useful ways. I know, uh, you know, we're back in school, everyone's trying to stay on top of academics, but um, I think when you when you get away from things, you realize how many hours there are in the day, and, um, you know, we've found a way to, to fill our time doing something that we think is uh, really important to us, and a really special cause, and a way that know we can uh, help out people in the Madison community and encourage other people to do similar things not just in Madison but hopefully in communities around the country because everyone in the country is hurting right now and if people can find a way to help out at the local levels I think um, you know we can find a way to come out of this this current situation hopefully stronger than we were before.
2: Oh for sure and I mean um, I know in terms of football, you guys are kind of in a holding pattern, and it's you you just fi- finished up winter workouts and how have you guys both i mean, I know Bobby, you're not necessarily gonna be going out and actually playing, but how have you tried to stay in shape during this really bizarre time in uh college sports? Yeah, um the strength
0: staff has been super helpful. you know, we have an app that we use, and they send out workouts for us every single day. They'll send out one for. You know, guys who don't have access to a gym, and they'll send out another one for guys who have access to that type of equipment. So, um, I'm fortunate enough to have some weights, um, where I'm at right now that I can use to work out. And, um, you know, you just gotta stay on top of things. You gotta, every morning when you wake up, you gotta make sure you get your lift in before you, um, you know, head over and start working on other things for the day. Um, but it's a challenge for sure. It's different. It's not, The same as having a a regimented schedule, where you know you got to be at the stadium for lift every day at 6:30, and then you got practice later and meetings and that type of thing. You got to be, you got to find a way to be a self-motivator, and um, I think that's the challenge that we all face right now: is trying to stay on top of that and not losing sight of the fact that hopefully in the next couple weeks, months, whenever it's gonna, whenever it's gonna be, we'll have to report back, or we'll get to report back, and um, you know we got to be ready to go when that time comes. Well, I guess from the coaching perspective, it's been kind of a unique chance. Uh, this is
3: my going into my third spring as a GA, and I've never really had a chance to get ahead on scouting the conference, scouting the Big Ten opponents for the following season before. So in this time right now, when when you would be engaged fully in spring practice, I've really taken it as a, an opportunity to, you know, try to prepare a little bit in advance for next season. You know, make sure. We kind of get an advanced scouting report done for each of the teams we're going to play, both in the conference and out of the conference. So it's it's different, but it's it's unique and it's been pretty cool up to this point.
1: So I mean, it sounds like essentially, uh, despite the you know the, the tough times and the unprecedented times, that uh, you know, the coaching staff is finding ways to take advantage of of this new because I have to imagine uh, as a coach and, and as part of the coaching staff, it's got to be hard for all of you guys to to not be hands-on uh, with the players.
3: Right, and I think each coach is trying to make it um, the best possible situation they can. You know, they're all using different uh, video conferencing materials just to, to stay engaged with players and in, stay engaged, you know, in a, in a football sense, uh, in addition to a physical sense. But you know, it's a chance to really look at uh, the off-season in a different light than you otherwise would. So maybe you're breaking the routine you've gotten into in in the past years, but it really gives you a fresh perspective on uh, the upcoming season if you choose to make it that.
2: Nice. Um, you know, kind of going with that, um, for Bobby, you work as a GA for the offense. Jack, obviously, you're a wide receiver for the team. Um, new wide receivers coach, Elvis Witted was uh, recently added, kind of thrown right into the fire here um, right before spring practice. What are your guys' initial impressions of him, and, and kind of how do you think uh, everything's going in kind of that transition?
0: Yeah, you know um – it's interesting because we haven't gotten to spend a an extended period of time together and obviously we have i haven't gotten to you know experience his coaching style really really I mean we've had a little bit of time in the film room um but no time on the practice field but I was fortunate enough to you know get to meet him um, during the hiring process um, and all the all the first impressions I've had of him i they're all positive i've got Nothing bad to say about him. He seems like a, a super nice guy. Um, you know, he's he's really engaged with the players. He reaches out to us. Um, if it's not every day, it's every other day just to check in on how we're doing, um, you know, making sure we're on top of schoolwork and working out and all that stuff. And, you know, he, he's just a nice guy, and I think he, he's very knowledgeable. Obviously, he's, he's worked at the at the NFL level and had success in college. Um, you know, he's he's made a, a good career of being a receivers coach, and I think he'll bring something, you know, really interesting to the table, and, and um, I think he'll do a, a really, really good job.
1: So w- when this COVID-19 pandemic kind of wraps up and we get, you know, you guys get back to normal life and, and football and, and hopefully fall camp, what, is, what are the things that you guys are kind of most looking forward to when, when football gets gets back up and running and hopefully life gets back to normal?
0: Um, well, I know for myself, I'm looking forward to seeing the guys again. Um, you know, I I live in a house with, like, 15 other football players or something like that. You know, they a bunch of guys who started out as, as teammates and have turned into my best friends. And, you know, during this time, usually we're hanging out together and, you know, putting in work together in the weight room and on the practice field and um, a little bit of fun on the side. But right now we're all separate from each other. Um, We haven't spent an extended period of time other than that away from each other for four years now. So, um, you know, not seeing those guys for going on a month now, um, it's it's different. And I'm just looking forward to seeing them again and getting to spend time together and, you know, getting to work towards what our goals are on the football field together.
3: Yeah, and, you know, this is going to be going into this season, you know, we're going to have – Uh, An experienced quarterback who's a great leader can really hopefully take our offense to to new heights. It's going to be the first year without JT. Um, So it'll be interesting to see what our offense, you know, evolves into. I think last year it kind of changed from what it had been in previous years. And, you know, obviously having Quintez and having uh, an experienced receiving core was extremely beneficial. And, you know, Jack got better as the season went on. So that's what I'm most looking forward to from a coaching perspective is just seeing, you know, how obviously having my brother be a redshirt senior is really, really really cool. It's a really unique opportunity. Um, So I'm just excited to see where our team goes and, you know, what the season has in store for us.
2: Um, Nice. Yeah. I think everybody's looking for forward to football and hopefully the opportunity to, to get back to, to normalcy in a lot of ways. Um, Kind of speak, jumping on kind of that unique approach, um, Bobby, kind of going to your um, life, you have had an, uh, kind of a, a awkward way to get to where you're at um, in a lot of ways, kind of starting off as a student manager um, and then um, also um, being a walk on on the team and then now as a grad assistant. Do you kind of want to talk us through, because I don't think everybody knows kind of your story and, and how sure. you got to where you're at. Uh, so right out of high school, I mean,
3: as any kid from Wisconsin does, I had huge dreams of walking on and being a quarterback for the Badgers. Um, and my senior year of high school, I was in contact with Ben Strickland, who, who recruited the state at the time, and he said, "You know, we we don't need a quarterback for, um, you know, for this season, but if you hang around until the spring, something might open up." So I started, you know, I started going to school at Wisconsin and. That fall, I coached quarterbacks at Edgewood High School, where I played, where Jack was then becoming the starting quarterback. So I spent two years as a coach there while going to school, and then I had an opportunity to walk on the spring of my sophomore year. Um, And I didn't last very long because the truth of it is nobody needs a short quarterback that can't run very fast. Um, But then transitioned into a student manager role, but I knew the whole time that I wanted to coach. I knew my goal was to be a graduate assistant and break into the profession that way. So was a student manager for one season and then became a a student assistant coach for one year and then became a GA and going into my third season as as a GA working with the offense, working with quarterbacks. And, you know, I can't even begin to tell you how much I've learned in the past three seasons. You know, obviously your knowledge builds on itself and your curve goes up exponentially. So Every time I'm around our coaching staff, it's an opportunity for me to, to learn something new and, and keep learning. That's why I'm excited for Coach Witted to start. You know, he brings a fresh perspective to our passing game that hopefully will we'll take it to new heights. We'll um, continue to develop our receiving core and, and really do something special on the field this season.
1: Well, guys, we greatly appreciate uh, you joining us. We won't take up any more of your time, but we, uh, we're, we're thankful to have you on, and I, I applaud you both for – uh, the efforts that you're putting in off the field to, to help your community and, and help out the state of Wisconsin and Dane County um, is super impressive, uh, and I think both uh, Matt and I really thank you for doing that. So, uh, listeners, if you are looking to donate, make sure to go visit the GoFundMe page. I will link to it in our podcast post on the website, so you should be able to find it pretty easily. Um, and, yeah, make sure to check these guys out. Jack and Bobby, thank you again for joining, and thank you uh, again for uh, what you're doing. It's been extremely impressive.
0: Yeah, thanks thanks for taking the time yeah, to talk to thanks,
1: us guys. Absolutely. Alright, Badger fans, thank you guys for listening. We'll be back with you next week on Wisconsin. Yeah.